It's not enough to simply be the best product anymore. You have to show people why it matters to them. That's why positioning and messaging is everything. It's how you connect to what customers really care about, make your product's value clear, and stand out from the rest. Easy, right? No, it's not. But you can learn from folks who have faced and conquered these challenges before. So join me, Emma Stratton, as I talk to top product marketing leaders about the wild and wonderful world of messaging, the thrills, the spills, the hard-won truths, and the total myths, the adventures in messaging. Today, I'm super psyched to be joined by Pep Laya, founder of Winter. Hey, Pep. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's awesome to have you because you're such a distinct voice on messaging and positioning and strategy. And uh, of course, you have a really unique vantage point um, by running a company that does messaging testing. So let's dive into one of the meatiest, toughest pieces of messaging that B2B companies are up against, and that is differentiation. Uh, mm -hmm. How do you not sound like everybody else in the market? You got to decide that you don't want to sound like everybody else. <laughs> you would think that you want to be different because the amount of competition out there is crazy. You know, like open up G2 or Captera and look at the category you're in. Like everybody knows like you might be, you might have like 60 direct comp competitors. And it's, it's true for agencies. It's true for SaaS, uh, e-commerce, like nobody's, you know, safe. Right. <laughs> uh, and you would think that companies want to optimize to be different, but the opposite is true. Most companies are exactly the same. They talk about themselves as if they're the only ones doing what they're doing. You know, so it's, it's I don't get it. So you got to realize the problem. So there are three ways how companies can grow. And you have an, uh, uh, you win on innovation. You're objectively better. Very few of that. Very few are obje objectively better. And then... You can either outmarket companies, competition, so <clears throat> excess share of voice, you outspend. It's like Monday.com is just spending more on ads than the revenue is. Like, it's crazy. Wow. And the third most accessible way to grow is to take a fundamentally differentiated position in the market, mm -hmm. You especially against a differentiate against category leaders. Of course, if you're a category leader, you don't have a differentiation problem. You know, everybody else needs to differentiate from you. Right. But if you're not the category king, and most are not, then obviously that's how you can grow to be clearly distinct. And th this is not a messaging problem. Um, messaging needs to deal with it, but it's a strategic problem. Really starts with the CEO. Absolutely. So, I mean, what do you do? What you know? What's a marketer to do when it comes to differentiating in your messaging? Okay, say. Say there is something different um, about the company. Maybe it's not a huge thing, right? But there is a difference. Mm -hmm. How do you go about communicating that, um, you know, writing messaging that's differentiated and being really purposeful about it? Yeah. Well, starting with, if it's not too differentiated, the company, the product, that is a big problem that needs to be solved first. And I understand that you, you might not be actually different from others and which is probably true most companies act, are actually not different they're, they're the same so that needs to be a strategic priority to become 
different. Right. So that needs, you need to work with the CEO and the other people in the leadership team to get there. Craft the vision of what a differentiated company or product looks like. Of course, product-based differentiation is very hard. Mm. Like you need to bring innovation. Otherwise, it's, it's impossible. But so if you're a marketer, like it's out of your hands. I mean, you, you contribute, <laughs> but you don't control it. Right. So easiest way is to zoom, uh, where to start is to zoom in on a particular segment of the market. So like, who are we for? Right. And, you know, it's not everybody. We, we all know that. And it's very hard to say no to money. And again, this is a strategic problem because you probably, as a marketer, you can't write copy that, hey, we are for this type of people in this type of interest industries looking to make this kind of progress. Probably you're going to get vetoed by the CEO. <laughs> so again, this starts from internal alignment uh, on, on um, who we're for. Really, like to win as a company, you need to be actually better. And in order to be actually better, like it's hard to be better in broad strokes, but you can be truly better for a particular slice of customers. You know, certain type of customers, um, customer segment, um, you know, so let's take email marketing. Right. Email marketing, extremely competitive, more than 300 tools, uh, I think 380 tools or so in, uh, or maybe even over 400, I forget, like in G2, ridiculous amount. And so there's Clavio that is now about four, valued at $4 billion, you know, email marketing for e-commerce. When they started, that was niche enough. Today, I mean, you can't do that. So like, because it's like, it's so taken. Clavio is the king of the category. Like, you need to be e email marketing for deodorant companies. Right. I don't know what the... What the um, you know market size there is, and is, is there if there is enough business there? But you know, <laughs> you zoom in on a on a segment of the market, or like look at ConvertKit. Right. ConvertKit, which is bootstrapped, uh, has been around I guess around ten years or so, yeah, and growing very nicely. Uh, they're about, you know almost thirty million dollar company now, and they're going after well, I guess they call it creators, so which is like writers and yep. bands and musicians and artists and you know all, and they they don't they actually have you know crappy features compared to like active campaign or you know one of those leaders in terms of features very limited feature set but they're building a 10x use case for this particular slice of the market and so as a marketer i would drive that agenda it's like who are we for uh, and start there. And then that group of like, this comes back to positioning, like, what is a value that we offer to a well defined group of people that cares a lot about something. So then you start with, so this group of people that we're trying to appeal to, what do they care a lot about? So you have, of course, you have table stakes, right. stuff, you know, if I'm email marketing, of course, you need, uh, you know, I need to be able to send newsletters and track <laughs> open rates, you know, like the basic stuff. But that's not why they choose you. Um, differentiation is really answering the question, why choose you over these other guys? So, of course, you need to bring table stakes, but then you need to add that distinct flavor on top. So I would lead with that. Understand what is that one big value where you have 10x advantage over everybody else? What, that would tilt it in your favor. And then you, you can you know, trickle in all the table stakes stuff too, but don't lead with it. It's such a big problem in SaaS. 
for companies lead with table stakes features. Oh uh, it's insanity. <laughs> yeah, and they rip off each other's table stakes headlines and copy them yeah. and perpetuate them. <laughs> exactly. Or they go the other direction is like they're overly vague. Right. Or you know, like uh what was WeWork, you know, elevating the humanity, consciousness of the humanity, you know, like <laughs> yeah. some bullshit. So it's like you can veer into this vague bullshit territory, which is a really big problem, especially in B2B SaaS. Because like you're compensating your lack of copywriting skills by using big words, fancy yes. words, you know, uh, buzzwords and jargon. And some jargon is okay because you, you can be technical if right. your buyers are, you know, Sure. Category connoisseurs. But like using empty, meaningless jargon? No. <laughs> yeah, I hate empty, meaningless jargon too. Um, so we're kind of talking about it now, but you know, at, at winter, obviously, you look at a lot of messaging, you look at a mm. lot of copy, you're looking at a lot of landing pages, value propositions, all that. What are the biggest mistakes companies, B2B, you know, tech companies, SaaS companies are making? I and mean, we know there's some, a lot of vague bullshit for mm. sure. A lot of tables. That's right. What are some other common things that you're seeing out there? Yeah. I would, uh, I would say that broadly, you want to uh, analyze your copy or messaging uh, and look for two things. What in your messaging gets people excited where they're leaning in like, oh, yes, tell me more. Wow, that sounds interesting. And what about it is boring. What about, yeah, like, I don't want to read it. I'll skip over this. Yeah, 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 yada, yada, yada. <laughs> and knowing the difference is huge. So, you know, of course, uh, classical copywriting things like clarity above all. If they don't get it, they don't buy it. You know, right. confused mind doesn't uh, buy. Confused mind hesitates. So clar <laughs> optimizing for clarity. Uh, this is this the, the vagueness, using fancy words, um, or just not being specific enough. If you optimize for specificity, you also solve for clarity and and, and usefulness. So really, I uh, the way I love to test messaging is basically put it in front of your audience, target audience, people you're trying to influence, and have them rate section by section. How useful is this? How clear this is is this? How interesting is this? Uh, do I want to learn more about this or or the opposite? And so it, uh, a big problem I see is that companies don't lead with their best foot forward. Right. So like this is the above the fold stuff. You know, everybody right. sees that. And the further down the page something is, the less visibility it has. Everybody knows this. We have heat maps. We can measure this. Yep. There's, all, you know, design things you can do to, you know, get, make people read more stuff. But the biggest thing is make them want to read more stuff. And so motivation is uh, increasing user motivation is your, the most powerful lever you have. And so putting really interesting copy above the fold. Of course, you don't need to you know, cover answer every question, but like you, you, you make a statement or a promise, you know, like a value proposition, you know, like a promise of value delivered. And that should make them go say, oh, but how do you do that? Oh, how does it exactly work? Now, like they're asking a question, they're wondering, and now they keep scrolling, they want to read. Um, another big problem I see um, is not enough copy. So, of course, marketers are trying to uh, optimize for brevity, and that's good. You need, you know, um, 
don't use more words than you absolutely have to, but that does not need to come at the expense of not giving enough information. Right. If they read everything and they still have questions, you have lost. Because if they still have questions, what do they do? Very few, very few highly motivated individuals will send you an email or talk, ask live chat or, you know, whatever it is. Most just go away. You know, yeah. just they just leave. And you wouldn't even know because that does not show up in your support data or live chat data. It's like 98% will not file a support ticket or will request a live chat. So another, you know, when assessing your messaging is that after they read everything, what is still unclear? You need to check for that, you know, um, in your message testing. And then you need to address those questions. Again, it doesn't need to be all on the same page. It's fine if there's sub pages because we also don't want to go in the, what I call the, the click funnel route. You know, if you've seen those click funnels, pages are seven miles long. Um, also, that's, you know, the op opposite extreme. I mean, I am not afraid to use a lot of copy. Yeah. And, and if you've seen my size, like Winters, it's pretty copy heavy. And, mm -hmm. and, and my other company, CXL, is very copy heavy. Um, so like the broad strokes, the more complicated and or expensive the product, the more copy you need. Right. It's a considered purchase. If it's like 10 bucks, of course, it's, it's a no-brainer, impulse purchase, whatever, or if it's free. But if something is like 500 bucks, you're like, hmm, I wonder, you know, <laughs> you, you start thinking about it. So, yeah, so uh, answering every question uh, in there and, and, and knowing what's boring and knowing what's, what's interesting. So let me tell you. So I was doing message testing for winter and I had this section was like three blocks below the fold, like pretty down my page. Um, and that block was rated as highly useful, highly interesting. And when I checked with like, uh, what about that content resonated with people? Basically, what I learned was that they loved it. It was hitting home. Um, uh, it was just talking about the things that they really cared about and so on. So after receiving that insight, I basically elevated that block in my information hierarchy. Right. So because like you have some order to the content blocks on your website. Right. They should be ordered based on how interesting and useful is it. It is. Because uh, often it's very random. Like think about like open up any homepage and look at the order of the content blocks. Why is it in that order? Who came up with it? It's usually it's I the designer designed the template. Yep. And now we're like filling in the blanks, right? That's that's what, how it is. Or whoever wrote the copy just decided, oh, maybe maybe that could be fine, and it was just a random idea, and not very much thought was put into it. And then if you rate this uh, section by section, then, then you know how useful or interesting something is, that should determine the order. More boring stuff down. More interesting stuff higher up. <laughs> and the more boring stuff, I mean, it might serve a purpose. Of course, if it's not useful and not interesting, maybe you should cut it, depending what it is. Sometimes you just need to give, you know, boring technical information. So it, it serves a purpose. But yeah, so have to know the, the value, how valuable is each content block. If you don't know this, how can you improve your messaging? Because really, what is the purpose of messaging? The purpose of messaging is to typically is to convert somebody to to do some take action, right? 
sign up, buy, you know, whatever it may be. And so in order for us to optimize the messaging and get more people to sign up and do whatever we want them to do, we need to know what's working and what's not working. It is very difficult to diagnose ineffective messaging. Mm. And you've, you've probably seen that unbound study on um, the conversion factor, which factor pay on page factors determine the, uh, the most influential um, contributors to the conversion rate. Right. And it's 28% is copy, followed by design at like 14%. So copy is two times more influential than design. So better copy converts better, more people, right? And in order for us to improve the copy, we need to know what needs improvement. And most companies, how they do it is that they just have opinions and stuff. You know, like, I'm not sure about this. And then they argue. <laughs> And like, imagine that we wouldn't have web analytics and we wouldn't have, uh, we wouldn't do user research and like all of the, and we wouldn't see if our ads are working, if anybody's clicking and, you know, like it would be insanity. Like imagine we would just, just share opinion. I think this ad is working, even though we have no data. This is how companies are optimizing copy. They just talk about it, but they have no data on it. It's insane to me. Yeah, I mean, I know, I mean, I know that's your mission at winter and it's a damn good one because I've written messaging and copy, you know, for years. I know all the people watching this as well have been in that situation, subjectivity hell, like someone's like, I don't like that word. What about this? And then oh my, yeah. people's own internal creative aspirations. For sure. Come out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so uh, what happened to me was like, I wrote a headline for, for winter that I loved. I thought it was clever. I thought it was, uh, you know, it had some magical appeal. I, I was really into it. How, and so that was my, uh, you know, my first foot forward. I lead with the headlines, the first thing they see. But then when I was doing message testing for it, it turned out that right off the bat, I was turning people off. Oh. Didn't go, so what I was saying was, I said, make them want it. Okay, so referring that make your customers want whatever you're selling. Sure. And yeah. some, you know, maybe some sexual undertones there too. <laughs> you know? uh, and people thought it is, it is too sexual. Wow. And they, was like, they were right off the bat, they were turned off. And also it was, it was unclear. Like I was implying, you know, like make them want it. And they were like, make who want what? And so it was unclear. <laughs> And and the uh, portion of the population was turned off by it. So <laughs> I had to replace it, even though I personally liked it. Had I not had any data on it, I would have kept it because I liked it, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's how most headlines are, I think. Yeah, no, that's so good. So all, you know, all those proponents of making B2B copy sexy, perhaps is not the right way to go, right? Because you're, you know- Yeah, you're but of course, you don't want to steer in the other direction where it's like, what is the least offensive things uh, thing we can say? Yeah. How, how, optimizing for uh, not getting canceled. <laughs> so <laughs> then, then it's like, if you lead with boring ass copy, yes, nobody will call you out, but also nobody will care. And remember, like, you have so much competition out there. And you know, the goal of the copy is to get them to excited, to lean in, like, oh, yes, tell me more about this. This seems interesting. And if you lead with boring ass product based copy, which is like, yeah, we're an email marketing tool and you can track open rates, it's like, you know, 
unless there's a warm referral that the friend said, hey, check them out, the motivation is going to be very low. Yeah, so good, Pep. I've loved everything you've talked about here. I'm totally on your team. And thank you for fighting the good fight about, you know, bringing data into messaging and copy and really elevating it um, because it's so important, you know, and uh, a lot of companies need to get on board with the power of uh, copy and messaging. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Emma. Cheers for listening. For more messaging fun, sign up for my newsletter at punchy.co forward slash newsletter or follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter.